Well, food relates to wellness because if what you put in to your body, if the food is, is unhealthy, uh, when I say unhealthy, I mean, um, you know, prepared in fatty, salty, you know, uh, processed ways that causes dis-ease in your body. It causes unhealthy, um, you know, your body to be unhealthy. However, when you change that and you put nutrition, fresh, nutritious, um, you know, lovingly grown, because I think that's part of it too, how, how the, the food is grown, um, that brings healing to your body as well. So, um, yeah, when you use fresh, fresh, healthy food to, to put in your body, you're going to have health. Welcome to Bridging the Potential, intergenerational conversations that change the world. This is Cassie Funmaker, founding member of Living the Potential Network's Youth Advisory Council, with a question for you. What happens when you bridge the experience, education, and expertise of an elder with the curiosity, energy, and innate wisdom of a youth? It's simple. Everyone grows and the world changes for the better. One conversation, one connection, one collaboration at a time. Today's podcast is no different. Renee Beth connected me with Julie Diaz, who is not only a friend of mine, but the curator of Cook for Peace, a cooking revolution. I think you will enjoy our conversation about food and the relations that are strengthened through meals. My favorite part of this podcast was when Julie shared her first-hand experiences of the healing that good, wholesome food provides. Hello, this is Renee Beth Poindexter, and I am the founder of Living the Potential Network. And I'm your host for Bridging the Potential, our podcast for today. After I wrote the book, Living the Potential, Engaging the Wisdom of Our Youth to Save the World, I set out to find ways to create spaces where people could hear what the youth have to say. And that's what this podcast is all about. I love these conversations where after listening to a youth's dreams and concerns, we actually connect them to a mentor or an elder um, who has experience and wisdom to share and who is open to learning and receiving from the innovative spirit of the youth. It's reciprocal learning at its best. I always leave these conversations inspired and I think you will too. Today I have two special guests. Our mentor, who, you know, I don't need to refer to her as an elder, but she is a mentor and has a lot of wisdom to share. And her name is Julie Diaz. And Julie is coming to us from Clarksdale, Mississippi, and she is the founder of The Cooking Revolution and Cook for Peace. And her mission is actually to bring people together through fresh food by connecting them to their community, to the kitchen, to their health, and to the earth. So she has an inspired vision that's been coming through her for a long time. And she's in conversation today with Cassie Funmaker who is a social activist and also environmentalist in a way in which she um, calls herself a creative environmentalist and also humanitarian, who has a vision 
of uh, her movement, which she is calling the Native Wellness Movement. And a little secret, these two met in the community called Living the Potential. And I'll explain a little bit more of how they met and how they're working together to make a difference in the world. So we'll start with Julie Diaz. Thank you, Julie, for being with us today. Oh, thank you, Renee Beth. My pleasure for being here. Absolutely. Well, you have a vision. It's like, you know, some people are creating a vision statement or mission statement, but this vision that's coming through you has been with you for a while. <laughs> Could you share with us your journey to really embracing this and bringing it to the world? Yeah, I've had a very long circuitous route, I think, to uh, to a cooking revolution and cook for peace. Um, food has always been a big part in my life. It wasn't always the healthiest um, part, but um, but it was a big part of my life. Um, I started out in, after college, I was in medical research and then, um, I mean, this just makes so much sense. After I was in medical research, I started teaching um, preschool. So I know a lot of, a lot of people do that. Uh, <laughs> what, go like, what? <laughs> Um, but no, I had kids and I realized that I wanted to spend more time with kid, my kids. So, uh, medical research was not the place. So preschool was, was it. Um, and, and when I was teaching preschool, I would, you know, I would cook with, with the kids sometimes and, and I enjoyed it a lot. And, um, well, and this, well, my son actually was my wake up call for for health even though mm -hmm. i thought we were eating a little bit healthy he we he was diagnosed with early stage uh fatty liver disease and we were just shocked he was about 10 years old and we couldn't believe that that was his diagnosis so we found out that with food that we could reverse it so so we changed his diet completely we you know got out uh sugar they told us to eliminate sugar and uh, fried foods and, you know, unhealthy fats. And we did that. And in um, three to four months, it was gone. So that was really the big wake up call for us. And for me, when I, and I started researching and, you know, the researcher in me and reading about it and learning about how food is processed, how food is grown. Um, and then one, one of the directors of a preschool that I was teaching at gave me a challenge and said, come up with an enrichment class for the kids. And I thought I'll teach cooking classes. So that started like a 12 year um, mission of teaching kids cooking classes. And I started introducing vegetables and, and I started getting to know the farmers. We were living in San Diego at the time. So it was really easy to find fresh fruits and vegetables. And um, I got to know a lot of farmers and learning where my food came from and just realizing the connection that food has to so many things, not, not just your health, but it it's connected to the environment. It's connected to, um, you know, mental health. It's connected to the economy. And um, just so many, and it's connected to our connection to each other and our connection to nature. So all those things just got me, 
got me going on. I started a cooking revolution because I wanted people to learn that you can cook with fresh, healthy, nutritious foods, vegetable, you know, produce, um, and, and change, change how you feel and change a lot of things. Definitely. And then I also realized that you can come together and cook together and eat together and, you know, learn more about other people. And that's when cook for peace started, um, coming through. So that's in a nutshell. Yeah. I that's how it my, started. Uh, story. Well, that's great. Well, I think it's pretty amazing of how our connection to food relates to health. And, you know, you can tell by going to a grocery store, um, what people are putting in their cart, you know, and I think it was you that said to me, you know, like you walk around the, well, first of all, go to a farmer's market. It's the first place to go before you go to the grocery store. But let's say you're in the store and you walk around the perimeter. You buy the fresh fruits and vegetables and so forth. There's no need to go down the aisles for those processed foods, right? right. Stay away from right. those things. And yet we're in a world where constantly barraged with marketing, you know, and especially marketing towards you know, on the kids programs, you know, with the kids mm -hmm. go and ask for this and all those cereal boxes that have the pictures of what fun games are in the box. And like, I guess that's the McDonald's, you know, go to McDonald's and get your free, right. you know, whatever it is, you know, free game yeah. this week. Fun meal. So, yeah. So you're up against the <laughs> lot happy meal. Of, yeah, that's right. A happy meal. <laughs> it's kind of like, really? Maybe happy for the moment, but not the happy for the long term, right? So um, is there an example about the shift that's happened? Um, like you talked about your son and the new diet that shifted his health. Could you give an example of that or an, any other example of what happened with, uh, with children who learned to cook and how it impacted their family? Oh, it was amazing to see kids. Um, I, mean, I was, I was teaching preschoolers. So this was three-year-olds and, and a lot of people said, how can you teach a three-year-old to cook? <laughs> um, I mean, they weren't standing at the stove and stirring the pot or anything, but I would give them a kid friendly knife and they could cut, you know, soft vegetables and they'd stir and they'd measure and they'd mix and do all kinds of things. Um, but I was introducing things to them that they had never had before. I, there was this one little girl who she, I could, we could put mushrooms and she was eating mushrooms. And her parents said, I can't believe that my daughter's eating mushrooms. We've been <laughs> trying to get her to eat mushrooms, you know, since she was a year old and she was like three um, and <laughs> she's eating mushrooms now. And how did you do that? I said, she, you know, cut it up and yeah she connected the, she connected yeah, with the food yeah. right and, and she tried it, it. she right. tried it there was no pressure I never pressured them I I just asked them to taste it if they didn't like it I showed them where the trash can was mm -hmm. you know I didn't I said please don't spit it out on, the, on your plate go to the trash can <laughs> right. so um and what's yeah, the, no, se what's the just, secret to mushrooms for good health I, I have a I have awareness about it I love mushrooms well mushrooms are they're well they have protein but they are called an adaptogen and I'm not I'm not a nutritionist I don't know all the you know science behind it if I really wanted to learn it I could but I know that there's a lot of properties in mushrooms that are just right. good for good right. for you right. um and they they promote 
you know, mental health and physical health, and they just have a lot of healing right, properties. Exactly. And Everyone what I really realized, to, yeah. Oh, and vitamin D, I forgot. They're oh, yeah. one of the only, I think they are the only um, plant because they're not a vegetable. They're the only plant that has vitamin D in that. In oh, it. I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, I do know that mushrooms, um, you know, impact the immune system and the mm -hmm. immune system. And it's like kind of like 60%, 70% of your immune system is in your gut. So when you're eating mm -hmm. the mushrooms and you're impacting right. your gut, it's impacting your second brain and all of it. Mm -hmm. So it's really powerful to do that. And I remember you saying something about asking a group of kids what their favorite food was. And they said, French fries. And then you asked them, do you know where French fries yeah, come it, from? Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was similar to that. I asked them if they like potatoes and they said, no. And I said, do you like French fries? And they said, yes. <laughs> so, well, that's a potato. Right. Oh, <laughs> right. And the potato comes from the earth. And, mm -hmm. you know, so this whole idea of connecting healthy food to the earth's bounty and what the earth has to share with us make a huge difference of that connection because, you know, there's a lot of people that have never seen a farm, have never worked with a farmer, never had a garden, you know, and they're just not clear where the food comes from. So by bringing people together, you have found a way to educate and empower people through conversations that have to do with the food that has some sort of historic reference to their family, their ancestry and so forth. Um, I'm just curious because you've been doing this for a while. You recently moved from the West Coast to Mississippi. Mm -hmm. So how is all of that in terms of community building, sharing diversity, connecting with people in a different part of the country? Um, how is that enhancing your awareness for Cook for Peace? This is... Um... Actually, moving to Mississippi has been pulling me for a few a few years now, probably two or three years, and I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready to be here. I didn't feel like I could do it. I don't know. Um, but the time was right, and I moved here, and I immediately started looking for farmers, and I found out that, and there are a lot of farmers here. They just don't grow food. And most people think that farmers here don't grow food. If I was asking for farmers, and they said, oh, you mean a gardener? And I, I was just surprised at that response because I think farmers grow food. Anyway, um, and, and, and people don't think about local food. They, they don't really have any, I don't know, they don't see that that's a benefit or, or mm. a anything that they should go out of their way for, you know, the farmer's markets here in, in Clarksdale last for six weeks mm -hmm. in the summer and that's it. And I just find that incredible. So it's, a, there's a lot of education, a lot of awareness that needs to be uh, raised. And I am finding the other people in this community who feel the same way that I do. So I have made so many connections and I'm, getting ready to start my a new venture called Clarksdale Cooks where we're going to cook uh, in community cook together and eat together and uh, you know talk and learn about uh, that's each other. amazing and for the people that you have connected with and this is going to be a really good bridge to Cassie in a moment here is you hear their stories 
the stories and the history of this place and the ancestors and, you know, what's come before them. And a lot of that comes through the recipes, but then connecting mm -hmm. to the historic understanding of who are we as a people. Um, are you noticing that? That's what you say, the food connects all these aspects that we don't really pay attention to until you create the space for it. So what are you noticing with uh, people's stories in relationship to the food and what they've learned from their ancestors? Yeah, um, food is very important to people here. Um, a lot of people aren't aware that they're their connection to the food and um you know there's a big well there's two there there's indigenous indigenous people that were here and and that's an i asked uh, my brother who lives here if um where were the indigenous people he said we don't have any we shipped them out in the 1800s and i was like oh really they're here he just didn't know um, mm -hmm. And then there's a big uh, population of Black people who were brought here, you know, centuries ago. And um, and they, it's actually the food culture from Africa that has created a lot of the history, food history here. Um, those are the food stories that are actually from the slaves and mm -hmm. in Africa. And um, most people don't realize that that's where the the cultural food from the south is from mm -hmm. so um, wow so you combine that with some of the music and the creative mm -hmm. arts and you really get a yeah. sense of a recognition of the peaceful you know thank you to the ancestors who paved mm -hmm. the way for us to be here now and how do we return with some gratitude you know of yeah. the contributions and our contribution moving forward so I think this is where you and Cassie really connected. And I want to bring up Cassie, a fun maker, Cassandra, we call her Cassie, fun maker. And uh, Cassie, thank you so much for being here. You've been on several podcasts that you said, I want to do a podcast with Julie. Tell us a little bit about your connection with Julie. How did it come about? And how does that relate to your vision for the Native Wellness Movement? Yeah, for sure. Um, well, let's see. Okay, Julie and I, we first connected, was it April of 2021? I think it was April of 2021 uh, when we were both a part of the uh, garden experiment, uh, Food is Life. Uh, Julie did a wonderful job facilitating that. And um, I was on uh, the youth uh, board. Um, talking about my projects and my stories and all that stuff related to uh, food. And uh, we then uh, reconnected sort of uh, taking the Trusting the Seeds course. Um, we, we were both in the same cohort. Uh, she took it with her uh, son and it was really interesting to see the way that they connected on such a deep, intimate level because that's what Trusting the Seeds is, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, from there, Julie has been my facilitator throughout all of the other um, uh, you, uh, <laughs> um, living the potential courses, and we've gotten to know each other pretty well, I'd say. <laughs> yeah. I think we have a lot of common interests, especially when it comes to food wellness, dietary wellness, um, 
uh, love, peace, all that stuff. And uh, Julie, I just love talking to you, <laughs> you know? Um, I'm excited to talk to you about uh, all that stuff. Um, so I wanted to start by asking, how do you think food relates to wellness? If you liked what you heard and want to listen to the rest of this incredible conversation, you can do so by visiting livingthepotential.com forward slash membership and create a completely and forever free account with us. And if you're interested, check out the first two chapters of Renee Beth's book, Living the Potential, Engaging the Wisdom of Our Youth to Save the World, which you can also find at livingthepotential.com forward slash book. Thank you so much for listening. Till next time.